0: Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. I wanna give you an edge, a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. It's often the little things, small behaviors that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. Elections and the Markets. Today, we're going to play a game. James and I are going to play a game in the beginning, and the game is guess the year and the candidates for the election. James, why don't you read to me the candidate that you have and tell me what they said.
1: Absolutely. So uh, I'll give you a slight hint. This was quite some time ago.
0: Please don't give too many hints. Okay.
1: Okay. That's the only hint I'll give. Quite some time ago, this was in a newspaper ad. So one president said about the other candidate that this gentleman in a newspaper ad said this, this gentleman is busy importing mistresses from Europe or trying to marry one of his sons to the daughter of King George. He is a hideous, hermodaphrical character with neither the force or firmness of a man nor the gentleness or sensibility of a woman. Skating. Well,
0: the person he was running against said this of him. I'm going to fill in
1: some blanks here because I'm not
0: reading the whole thing. But here's what he said. Murder, robbery, blank, blank, and blank will be practiced throughout the land. Are you prepared to see your dwellings in flames, female chastity violated, or children
1: writhing on the pike? My Lord. So I guess this election isn't as crazy as we might think compared to others, huh?
0: They've been pretty crazy in the past. And this one, truthfully, when I read it, I was a little surprised. But there's actually a way, even though I, I didn't feel comfortable reading some of those words, because truthfully, they're absolutely crazy. There is a way if people want to find that. How? What do you Google to, to find this, James?
1: So here's the answer to who said what about whom. So what I had mentioned was Thomas Jefferson in 1796 saying that about John Adams and vice versa. Ads was John Adams saying this about Thomas Jefferson. And if you wanted to find out specifically what those words were, what you can Google is John Adams and Thomas Jefferson newspaper ads for the election. It'll be everywhere. So this is just one example of prior election ads. There are many more, but uh, I think that gives you a taste on how hostile people can be about each other. This year, certainly no different, right? What we like to do is take emotions and think about what we think that presence gonna be in the very near future, right? We have all these problems that our upcoming president could could do, right? All these issues that'll, that'll come into play. What we wanted to do is really talk about the facts, the prior facts, put some background around some historical scenarios and what actually happened with the stock market immediately after the election. So, Ed, why don't you share with us one of those facts that we found from our research? Yeah, fact number one, every president has had bad things
0: said about them. And yet there are great examples of times when things really went great for these presidents. And I'm, I'm using two extreme examples because we're really not at all trying to take one side about this. We're just trying to reflect historically what has happened in the past. So the first president, this was said about him, former actor lacks the experience to be president. Belligerence towards the Soviet Union could lead to nuclear war. Reaganomics is dangerous and won't work. That's, that's what they were saying about Reagan. The average GDP growth during his time in the eight years that he was president was 3.5, a healthy 3.5%. The uh, S&P 500 index average during that time was over 14% a year.
1: So you're so, saying we didn't have a nuclear war, huh?
0: No nuclear war. In fact, things you know were brought together for a variety of reasons under, under him. The second one the critics were saying of him was inexperienced, only served in the U.S. Senate for two years before running for president. Soaring rhetoric and exorbitant campaign promises are just words. Desire for a large stimulus bill and health care plan will explode the national debt. This was Obama. His average U.S. GDP growth was 1.6%. The S&P 500 return for him was even a little bit higher uh, in the mid-14% range. And so here's examples of the critics on all sides always have things to say about each and every president. In fact, this year, I was reading an article through a company called Morningstar, which provides a lot of information on investments, this article was September 3rd by John Reckenhaler, and uh, his first paragraph reads, Investment manager Howard Marks states that the stock market will breathe a sigh of relief if President Trump is re-elected. Yet the Wall Street Journal opines, get ready for the Biden stock boom. And lastly, echoing the same sentiment, the New York Times writes, why a Biden presidency could be bullish for stocks. So we're continuing to have that right now on both sides. We really, again, are not taking sides in any way, but wanted to reflect what's historically happened in the past and some ideas. We're going to bring in a guest speaker a
1: little bit later. Sounds great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, when you think through some of these media articles that come out, right, For every one Trump-positive scenario, there's another Biden-positive scenario. And for every Trump-negative scenario, you you have the same for Biden. So everyone's got their side. Again, what we want to do is look at these facts, right? Look at the history. History does repeat itself. Contrary to what someone might believe, history does repeat itself. My eighth grade history teacher will thank me, I think, for saying that. But point number two, this stat really fascinated me. states the market doesn't care. If you personally don't like the President, here's some background around that. So the last 75 years in history, about two years into each presidential term, there was always a survey. And what that survey does is they ask the general population, "Do you approve or disapprove of the president?" We're halfway through. What do you think of the president? Well, here's the fascinating part. When more than half of the population disapprove of the guy under office? Those times, there were three of them. Those times were when the market actually did the best. Go figure. Yeah, that uh, that that is exactly opposite what you'd think, and yet there's no correlation. It appears no correlation whatsoever. Exactly. So market doesn't care. If you don't like the president, the market will not care. It'll do its thing. Yeah. You know, and I've been doing this over 25 years and
0: people, you know, there's been a lot of elections during that period of time and people are always asking these same questions from both sides uh, of the aisle. But the one thing that's been consistent is that the markets have performed well under both parties. Um, There's a lot of factors that come into play when it comes to the markets and what they do. And I keep telling people, the president doesn't have nearly as much power as people think. It definitely has some. I mean, we see that, but neither party can lay claim to having better economic and market performance over long periods of time. In fact, that same study that you mentioned, James, the last 75 years, there's really only two administrations over the last 75 years where there was negative stock market performance Either over the four or eight year chunk of time. The first one was Carter in the early 70s, and that was because of stagflation. If we go back and we say, did stagflation happen because of President Carter? No one would say that. You know, he inherited, you know, a situation that that caused that to happen. And then, and then the second one was the Bush son. He was there for eight years and he got the unfortunate thing to inherit the tech bubble. Tech stocks in the late 90s were absolutely incredible and he came into presidency and then it soon popped just after he got in. The market then started recovering, but then he had the good fortune of the credit crisis with all of the housing problems. And so two bad stock markets during that period of time. And and I don't think anybody would say that if we look back on his presidency, did he cause those things to happen? There were many, many other factors that caused them to happen a lot more than him. So that's the second one that the markets, uh, you know, really have performed well under both parties.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a really good point. When you mentioned, you know, the, the president doesn't have as much power as we might think both those times, you know, it wasn't necessarily their fault. Right. So I know our special guest is going to talk a little bit about some of the additional powers uh, that are important to pay attention to, not just the president, not just the individual over the next uh, two months or so. Final point though, before we get into that, if nothing else from this podcast, we want you to remember this: do not make short-term investment decisions with long-term money. right? We're playing two different ball games there. And so it's very easy for us to care more about the game than the end result. Try not to get into that trap. If something doesn't go your way and you have long-term money, try not to make those short-term decisions. I'll leave you with a quote on that final point. Mark Twain said it best, in my opinion, it ain't what you know that gets you into trouble. It's what you think you know that just ain't so. Hopefully that uh, that helps us think through our scenarios, pay attention to your goals. Yes, we want to look at the market, look at the election, but pay attention to your goals most importantly.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's Good quote. I remember you mentioning it to me recently. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. As we transition to our guest, I, I have a story about me and the guest. So now we're talking four years ago, the night of the election. I think most of us agree that we did not expect Trump to be elected. So uh, I actually, it was a regular day and went home, had dinner. The kids were doing their thing, doing their homework. and And I sit down and I turn on the TV and I'm guessing it's probably, I don't know. 7 30 eight o'clock I'm looking at the TV and and I realize wait a minute you know Trump is actually doing a little better and there seems to be gaining momentum and this was very surprising to me which I think it was to a lot of people so what I do is I pick up the phone and I call John Smith our chief investment officer who who I know is watching and and I and I say John uh, do you see what's going on he goes yeah I just turned the TV on too I I can't believe what's going on and I said I can't believe this either and so we proceeded to be on the phone for probably 45 minutes to an hour. And during that period of time, it became extremely apparent that, in fact, Trump was going to win. And so as that was happening, and you you all will see this uh, during this election time, that they also now put in the corner of the TV what's happening in the stock market. There, There's a factor called the futures, which they tell you the future of what the, not the future, but they tell you what the stock market is doing at this time. And it happens throughout the whole day. We all know the stock market's open during the day, but even at night, you can actually see if something dramatic happens, you can pull up your phone, you can type in US stock market futures, and they will be reflecting what's happening live. And that's what happened during this time. When I first Turned it on, and John and I started talking. I think the stock market futures were down 2 or 3%, which was a decent amount. And by the time we hung up, I think they were probably down close to 10 uh, 6 to 8%. And I remember distinctly saying to John, John, do we have cash? And if we do, I think this is a great opportunity because we all know the idea of buying low and selling high is good. And I just felt like this was a very big knee, knee-jerk reaction. So what proceeded to happen was he did get elected that night. We knew that. I went to bed. I woke up. By the time I woke up and got in and looked at the futures before the market opened, the markets were only down about 2% at this time. So they kind of settled down. And then by the end of that day, the stock market actually was up. And so this is one snapshot of one 24-hour period of how dramatic emotions and what people are thinking the the president and who's in and how things are going to be affected happens. And so I just like to say that story cuz it's a good transition to John. What ha- what's happening for me and John right now with clients and people just even you know at night, you know when we're hanging out with people, people are asking us, you know, what's going on with the markets? What's going on with this election? what should we be doing? So as an introduction, John is the chief investment officer here at Edge Financial Services. John and I have been working together for about 16 years. He's been with the company for 14. He and I used to work together at Fidelity Investments when we were on a team. And, and John is astute when it comes to the markets, the economy. He reads up on all of these things. so I thought it would be great to bring him in and give us some insight on what he's been reading and the things he's been seeing regarding the election and the markets and the economy. So John, what are you telling people about the
2: future and what it can hold after the election? Thanks, Ed and James for having me as your uh, your guest here and uh, I really appreciate it. One of the things that we uh, uncovered in our research, was that in the three months preceding the election, the incumbent wins the election 85% of the time if the stock market is up in the three months prior to the election. But if the stock market is down in the three months prior to the election, the challenger usually wins. But in both scenarios, the market actually tends to climb for the next three months after the election happens. So really, regardless of the outcome of the election, history tells us that the market tends to you know, go up after this event occurs. What What do you think is the reason for that? Like just from what you've seen? I think it's usually going into the election. There's always uncertainty as to who's going to win and there's uncertainty as to how the market's going to react to the winner. And I think as soon as that uncertainty is resolved, the market sort of breathes a sigh of relief and tends to kind of resume its course. Some of the things that we're talking to clients about are the president does have an impact on the stock market, but it's actually probably a pretty small impact. There's really hundreds of variables that are taking place all the time that that impact the stock market. Probably the biggest variable right now that's affecting the market is the global race to produce a COVID-19 vaccine. So once we have a vaccine, that's going to allow the global economy to to bounce back more quickly, and it might allow some of the most beaten down industries to start to recover. Right now, there's four leading candidates for vaccines that are in phase three trials. And I think we'll actually have probably some data out of those phase three trials pretty soon and we'll know more about the vaccine timeline. I would say the next factor that's having an impact on the market would be trade tensions between the U.S. and China. So if you recall, back in 2018, Trump instituted tariffs on China that caused a lot of volatility in the stock market, both here in the U.S. and abroad. And more recently, in the last few months, Trump has ratcheted up tensions again with China. So that's certainly going to have an impact as we go forward. Another huge factor that's been affecting the stock market would be the um, government stimulus, both from the Federal Reserve, uh, the Treasury and Congress. So right now, the, uh, the market really wants another government stimulus bill to be passed. But since we're so close to the election, pretty uncertain as to whether that's going to happen before the election takes place. What are examples of, of the government stimulus? Yeah. So right now the Democrats in the House have just put forward a proposal for another $2.2 trillion in spending, and that would go to support small businesses, the airlines, supporting state and local governments. And so the market really, you know, we need to have a bridge until we get a vaccine that's going to kind of um, hold the economy together until we can start to have a more full recovery. Uh, another factor that's making the market nervous right now is that they're is a spike in cases of COVID-19 across Europe. People are wondering, okay, if, if we follow the path of Europe, are we going to have a spike in cases here in the fall and winter? And how is that going to impact the economy? I guess the bottom line is there's you know hundreds of factors that are going to affect the stock market. The election is certainly a pretty big one, but it's it's just one of many factors. Probably the more important factors that'll uh, determine how the market does would be, you know, the vaccine timeline. And then also when we get the next stimulus package from the government.
0: Now that we talk about the the election, Biden wins versus Trump wins. And then, you know, it's not just the president, right? I mean, it's the Senate. It's the House. These are important factors, correct? And so I think, uh, I think it'd be good if you can kind of share with us uh, a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, obviously different combinations of outcomes that can happen with this uh, election in terms of both the uh, House of Representatives, the Senate, and the, uh, the President. So again, another disclaimer, these are not our opinions, but simply the opinions of all the research that we're reading. Uh, we're not taking sides here, but one combination would be uh, Biden as the President and the Republicans maintaining control of the Senate. And then another combination would be Biden as the President, but a Democratic Senate. Another combination would be Trump being reelected. And Republicans maintaining control of the Senate. And then finally, Trump as president and a Democratic Senate. So in the research that we uncovered, basically, possibly a negative scenario that the market would forecast would be Trump as president, but the Senate flipping over to the Democrats. And in this scenario, Trump would be, you know, potentially pushed into a corner. He would have to implement more executive orders and more veto threats government would be stalled, and there could be uh, potentially increased international uh, trade tensions. And then possibly the most positive scenario for the market could be Biden as president, but the Republicans maintaining control of the Senate, and that scenario would see uh, likely higher government spending, no new taxes, but a more diplomatic approach to uh, foreign policy, which could ease uh, trade tensions. And it would also just reflect that the maximum that Americans tend to like a divided government. So under all these scenarios, the market could still do well, but these are just some of the things that we've found in the research. When we look at the next, uh, I know you do this because you read a lot of different things that are released. The next
0: five to 10 years, what what are you reading that people believe when they look out for both the economy and the stock market, not just here in the U.S., but outside?
2: Can you give us a little bit about what you've been reading? Sure. So the um, the last 10 years have been really good generally for the U.S. stock market. So the stock market bottomed out in March of 2009. Notwithstanding the volatility that we've had from uh, COVID-19, the U.S. stock market has performed very well for the past 10 years. And then international stock markets have performed um, positively, but much less so than U.S. markets. So for the next five or 10 years, the research that we look at generally s- shows that the U.S. stock market uh, will not perform nearly as well as it has in the past 10 years, which would be kind of a reversion to the mean. And that foreign stock markets, which would include both developed markets like Europe and Japan, but also emerging markets like China and India and Brazil, those markets are will likely do better going forward for the next five or ten years than than U.S. markets. And again, this is history tends to repeat itself with these cycles where the U.S. market does better for a while versus international markets, and then that tends to to flip over time.
0: Good, good insight. Well, well thank you for sharing all these things. This is a little bit more detailed and technical than we say sometimes, but. We thought it would be appropriate. We just, we're getting these questions a lot from people we're talking to. And so we hope to bring John back, you know, numerous times in the future about various things, but we now move to the next and sometimes most important section. John doesn't know this. I'm catching him off guard, but it's the food for thought. There is a spectacular restaurant right near us that everybody in the room that we're recording this would agree. It's a Mexican place in downtown Glen Ellen. John, the name of the restaurant is a Tota Madre.
2: What is it about this restaurant that you like? Well, in my experience, I would say that the tacos there are outstanding. The uh, guacamole is really good and always fresh and the margaritas are fantastic as well. So it's really a great experience overall. So it's really it's only about a mile from my house. It's in it's in the quaint
0: town of Glen Ellen. The reason why I think this is probably a great restaurant for virtually anyone is my whole family loves it. So I have one daughter who basically doesn't like Mexican too much, but that's the one place that she she likes it. And the reason is because I think that you're right. The, these tacos are are unbelievable, and the margaritas are outstanding. They're they're quite strong and they're quite expensive, but they're really great. And so if anyone's in the area, and they and they want a great Mexican experience, a Toto madre is is a big hit. So I encourage you to go there. I have been slapped on my hand one too many times by my compliance attorney. This is to put me in good standing. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.